Ladies and gentlemen, thanks to a generous donation by Mr. Madison to the Nib High School Library, I've been able to arrange for 10 different teachers to administer this academic decathlon in various courses of study. However, if there is any attempt by either contestant to cheat, especially with my wife, who was a dirty, dirty tramp, I am just going to snap. Do I make myself clear? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, then. Here it is, a crew slightly transformed. Just a bit of a break from the norm. Just a little something to break the monotony of all that hardcore dance that has gotten to be a little bit out of control. It's cool to dance, but what about a groove that soothes and moves romance? Give me a soft, subtle mix. And if it ain't broke, then don't try to fix it. Good evening, sports world. Welcome to Family Feud Sports. I'm your host, Chris Dell. With me is Mr. Sports Extraordinaire, Mr. Alan Dell. And welcome to Episode 4 of Family Feud Sports, where two lifelong sports journalists, also father and son, intensely debate the week's hottest sports news. Mr. Dell, how you doing tonight? Yeah, I'm doing fine. I'm hoping I don't have to send you to bed early. I'm glad I'm like uh, 200 miles away from you. Coming to you from downtown Orlando, you're coming from Bradenton. What do you want to jump into the fight? Are you itching to talk some Boston here? You think it's going to be a colossal event? I think it's going to be a colossal failure. Boy, what's up? I mean, I liked it back in the old days. I was able to see the Ali Sonny Liston fight when Ali fought for the title for the first time, and everybody said he was crazy. He didn't have a chance. Uh, they didn't want to cancel the fight. They thought he was in a panic for his antics. But but he knew how to promote a fight, and there was no Twitter then. There was no Internet. Nobody uh, promoted a fight better than him. But but he put on a show. Point well taken. And here you got two guys that know how to talk, maybe, but neither one of them are going to put on a show. And hopping in Allendale's side machine real quick here. Thanks, you, you were talking earlier about not just the fact that he was a better promoter, but that even the smack talk, you know, we talk about, oh, all the cursing, all the crazy antics on stage. What the fuck? Well, well, Ali was the one, I mean, Joe Frazier didn't say that much. Frazier was particularly upset because he said that he had helped uh, Ali out financially when uh, Ali was not allowed to box. Catch me outside. You remember where you were when you saw those fights? Well, <laughs> I saw that one on closed circuit TV. The only thing I remember, and anyone who saw that fight, is Ali hit Frazier and his mouthpiece flew out to the first or second row. But no one that saw that fight will ever forget that. Boxing match to the death. Unfortunately, it took its toll on Ali. You were involved in, what, a, a boxing match or two where you're sitting close to ringside with your, uh, what, a typewriter or got some yeah, blood splattered on your head? Yeah, I was covering a couple of fights. Uh, if you're sitting right on ringside, somebody hit somebody, sometimes you get blood on your typewriter. I remember that happened to me one time, but I honestly can't remember the fight. Covering some classic boxing. I'm more excited about the Triple G Canelo Alvarez fight. And that's something we'll get into in a future show, future episode here on Family Feud Sports. Mayweather's recent comments, I think everyone's trying to make news because there hasn't been any news, and there's really not going to be any news until they step in the ring. What was it TMZ coming out originally and some other outlets uh, with, with Mayweather saying that he lost his step or saying it to Stephen A. Smith, he's slower and this and that. Practice? Come on, I, I think it's a lame attempt by Floyd Mayweather to try to kind of create some hype uh, or false hype around this fight leading into it. To be honest, if Conor McGregor can be a true challenger in the ring, a young guy with more energy. All right, I'm excited. With potentially more speed that can outmatch Mayweather in the ring, right? So it's like two human beings stepping in a square in a boxing ring and trying to punch each other to the ground, right? Why can't Conor McGregor have a chance to win that fight? 
throw a punch in the right direction or angle to where Mayweather gets knocked out. 50 stripper bitches on his payroll. People are saying, oh, it's the WWE. And, you know, I, I think that these big fights with, with these big names are good for the sport. You saw UFC, you know, struggling even after Ronda Rousey lost. They need guys like McGregor and they need guys like John Jones and Lesnar to be able to be these kind of celebrities. How much are you going to pay for the fight? Where are you going to watch it? How much are you going to pay for it? Because you owe me some money. Are you going to pay me off before you pay for the fight? Who is your daddy and what does he do? I'm going to take you down to Wing House, buy you a beer, we'll call it even. I'm going to double down on that. I'll get you another beer and another 20 bucks that Conor McGregor will beat Floyd Mayweather. How about that? Catch me outside. How about that? Now you're going to be into me for life on that one. Oh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a lefty. I'm a southpaw. He high, man. He's hallucinating. Smoking that shit. Throw some punches back in the day. I'm going to go with my guy, man. I'm, I'm going to drink that Irish brew. Yeah, well, you might need to drink a cup of coffee to stay awake. They're going to use smaller gloves, and, and maybe uh, Mayweather will pull a knockout if he's got smaller gloves. Floyd Mayweather's trainer, assistant trainer Nate Jones, told reporters he didn't think Conor McGregor can go past four rounds. Guess what? Something's coming to you. Oh, it's possible. So you, you're saying What's ten. You, you're, you're you're saying this fight's gonna go ten. You got Mayweather. So I'm gonna go lucky number seven. And I'm gonna go McGregor knockout round seven. How about that? Look, man, it's boring. I want to switch it up and make something entertaining. I want to see some football coming up. Oh I'm like fiending right now as a sports fan for some real entertainment. Mr. Madison, what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Welcome back to Family Feud Sports, where two lifelong sports journalists, also father and son, intensely debate the week's hottest sports news. When it comes to Colin Kaepernick, it's the perfect storm. I don't like people that say he took the Niners to the Super Bowl. He he was on the Niners team that that went to the Super Bowl. That, that defense was, out, was outstanding that season, not yeah. to mention the run game. And, you know, he was a good quarterback. I'll give him that. I thought he was a really explosive quarterback in Nevada and, and when he got into the league when he was early. But he's doing so many things to not get a job. We've all looked for jobs, right? We don't do these things when we're trying to look for jobs. And then you throw that on top of the, the fact that he hasn't shown on the field recently that he's really done anything and the fact he was stuck on such a bad team. It is the perfect store for Colin Kaepernick. You call it a black ball? I, I call it the perfect store. Not really bad luck, just bad decisions, and, and that just culminated. And now the, the pile is stacked too high. Well, I'm, I'm starting to believe that he doesn't want to play football, that he just doesn't want to play. I mean, think about it. Already. If he doesn't sign with a team, he can file a lawsuit against the NFL. He can say his civil rights were violated. The, the NFL wouldn't agree with that, but I could see them coming to some kind of settlement just to keep Kaepernick out of the news. And he can make more in a settlement lawsuit than he can make in the next five years in the NFL. Four years, just a week? Damn! So I'm starting to believe he doesn't really want to play. He had a chance, perhaps, to sign with the Baltimore Ravens. They got Charles Barkley saying it. But see, I like crazy-ass people.
that he's being blackballed. You got Chicago activists rallying behind Colin Kaepernick. My you man. got the, the media no, 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 no. On, on, on overload in the editorial sections, right? That's not going to help him get a job. It might help him gain followers and, and, and get more of a, and get, a, get another book, get a book deal, you know, get a book deal. Yeah, book deal, a movie, a lawsuit. I mean, I want to just mention Versace right now. I'm not a fan of any NFL owner. That guy's worth like $3 billion, supposedly. Great cash, homie. <laughs> statue of Ray Lewis in front of the stadium. Now, all the trouble Ray Lewis has had with that double murder case. And still the owner, still the statue of him and his general manager, Ozzie Newsom, is an African-American. So how can you say the guys are racist? Word. Coaches do not want anybody that's going to resemble a distraction. That's why Tim Tebow was basically run out of the league. I'm just excited to be here. They don't want backup quarterbacks to have any attention. They want them to sit behind the quarterback, do your job, don't speak. I mean, he comes out with these outlandish statements. He doesn't back anything up with facts. Just tell me some facts to support some of your arguments. I'm Cuban B. Yes, Cuban B. I do not think he's being blackballed. In fact, right now, I think the NFL would love for somebody to sign him. I'll go holler at him, son. Because once somebody signs him and he's on a team and he's not playing, he becomes almost irrelevant. When Kaepernick hasn't proven to be a pocket passer that can be consistent airing the ball downfield, and then you take away that edge he had running the ball, being, a, what, a vegan and losing weight uh, and, and being too skinny to take hits. God damn! I mean, you can't blame owners for not wanting to, to get that. If Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job by the time the NFL season starts, if he gets one, and their, their injuries are going to happen in the NFL this season. There are going to be people who need a guy who has experience. Maybe teams are set now. They got their quote-unquote camp arms ready to go. But let's, let's just wait until an injury or two happens. Let's wait until some people start throwing some pick sixes. You need to borrow a job. You might, you might see people starting to change their mind, and, and the job market could open up quickly for Colin Kaepernick. Stay here. Stay as long as you can. For the love of God, cherish it. The new schedule and the Christmas Day slate and opening week and looking at some of those games, anything that catches your eye, we're both hoop junkies at heart. And I know, I know you're Knicks. They're the first ones playing on Christmas Day. Are you going to be tuned in to that one? I'm so disgusted with the Knicks. Things, to me, things are going so bad for them that some of those people that ripped Phil Jackson, they, they might want him back. Remember me? Because uh, you look at the last few people that the Knicks have signed, Ramon Sessions, Michael Beasley. My man! Those are the last two guys they signed, and then they, they gave Ron Baker uh, a two-year contract, reportedly worth $4.9 You're crazy! Those are their, their guards. Where, where's this team going? I mean... And now they're talking about going back to talking to Houston. Wait a minute, I ain't coming over there. Carmelo says he's the only team we'll go to now. He said, I, I, I think Carmelo's gotten enough from the Knicks. Why, why doesn't he do the Knicks a favor and agree to go to another team? Moving on to uh, some brighter, more positive things in life. A nice little triple header sandwiched in between uh, the five games yeah. on Christmas Day for the NBA. Starting off with Cavs Warriors in a rematch of the finals. You know, we could say, oh, Cavs and Warriors, it's another regular season game. And it doesn't really matter until they meet, meet each other in the finals, haven't played each other three straight years now. Cleveland! But looking at the next game, 5:30, Wizards at Celtics, and those are two teams that the Celtics obviously presumed to get number one seed again, right? I mean, because they added a lot of pieces. They got Gordon Hayward. They, they improved their roster going into this next season. I think the Wizards are a team with, with one of the best backcourts in the NBA, still with potential and still growing in their prime and getting better with Beal and Wall. So that game there could say, okay, you know, Washington and Boston are two teams to really keep an eye on. 
with, with two teams, chips on their shoulders and, and something to prove that haven't been to the finals yet. And maybe they could be one of the teams that could say, hey, we, we can get in that spot to play the Warriors when the finals come. You got the Timberwolves at the Lakers and, and Minnesota. I like that squad uh, with Carl Anthony Towns, Jimmy Butler, man in the helm there with Coach Tibbs. You know, get some Lonzo ball action late at night before you turn in on Christmas Day. You're talking about big baller brand. He's a guy that would rather pass than score. A beautiful passer. He sees the floor so well. It's exciting to watch him play. I don't know what's going to happen when you get to the regular season. Because in the summer league, he dominated the ball, and he was able to do what he does, and, and I don't know if he's going to be able to do that in the regular season. He was definitely a pleasure, to say the least, to watch when we were out in Las Vegas recently at the NBA Summer League. The guy can make some phenomenal passes. I like the fact that the guy is a pass-first point guard and that can really make those uh, nice open plays and create for his teammates, make his teammates better and more confident on the court. You saw a lot of uh, chemistry with your boy Kuzma, who could be a nice uh, sleeper, nice young player on the rise for the Lakers this season, too. We skipped over uh, a nice little nugget of a game with the Rockets at the Thunder. And we talking about shoes. I don't want to talk about all that. And those are two interesting teams. You know, obviously that added pieces, Paul George going to Oklahoma City and Chris Paul going to the Rockets. And really, it's like that battle of who's going to be securing that three seed. Assuming Kawhi Leonard stays yeah. healthy, the Warriors do their thing. Let's say Warriors one, Spurs two. Okay, whoever's that four spot, you have to play the Warriors in the first round. Believe that. You're already looking at those games between the Rockets and the Thunder. Okay, okay, what's going to happen here? You got Houston at Golden State opening night for the NBA uh, Tuesday, October 17th on TNT. That, that's the back end of the doubleheader. Houston at Golden State. Then you got Boston Cleveland in the opener there. But I, I think a great doubleheader to open up the season. I'm excited to see Boston kind of get that chip on their shoulder and, and battle Cleveland to, to prove that they're going to finally take that next step with Gordon Hayward and your boy Brad Stevens back together. You know, that, that Butler yeah. that Butler connection coming back together over there. You know what I think is interesting? Uh, uh, Kyrie Irving wants to be a star. He wants to be the focal point of the team. But look at James Harden and Russell Westbrook. They put up tremendous numbers. But both of them sought out help. Both, both of them sought out people. They might have been worn out, and uh, they want to win. You're, you're almost assuming that Kyrie doesn't want help. Maybe he just doesn't want to be in the situation where He's going to be left in Cleveland, and LeBron's going to leave. Call into the show. Let us know what you think. Do either of these teams with the new addition of Chris Paul and Paul George in Oklahoma City? Right, I'm the guy that saying Conor McGregor is going to win uh, by knockout in round seven. Yet I'm saying that neither of these teams have a, teams have a puncher's chance. And hey, if I'm not back in ten minutes, call the police. Just one note for our listeners out there. We haven't forgotten about the NFL. It's preseason now. Omaha. I, I'm still searching for somebody that watches a preseason game from the beginning to the end. You're crazy. You're crazy. No one wants to deal with the preseason. Like, no one's getting any benefit out of it. That's a shame. You could be optimizing your advertising dollars anymore if these games were happening in, in the regular season and it was happening now. Add the extra two weeks, make it 18 games. Like, these guys will make more money. Great cash, homie. Talking less than 20 games in a season for an entire 365-day calendar year. So you need to add an extra bye week, add an extra bye week. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Transitioning here into our final segment, you got some beef with uh, Alabama and your boy Nick Saban over there. That's your boy, right? A lot of people that are not from uh, Florida area know of Mike Ford. He went to Sarasota High, one of the greatest running backs in the history of the state. Alabama was recruiting him, but they couldn't get him in, and then he got a waiver from the NCAA, hardship-type waiver, and he got in the USF, and I remember that Nick Saban. 
and made some remarks about that, wondering how USF did that. That's the thing about college football. To me, it's all about recruiting, how you get people into your school. It's really hard to judge coaches by X's and O's, by one loss record. I admire schools like Stanford. Amazing what they what they've done up there. You had a statement earlier, a conversation we had about uh, really giving a question out to our audience here. You want to call in and chime in about Alabama. I mean, pretty much being the consensus to win it all this year, even though they didn't win the championship last year, right? It took a miracle to beat them. Is, is Alabama ruining college football? I think it's hurting college football. I think people are bored. I mean, people outside the state of Alabama, I think a lot of them are bored with college football. Obviously, uh, they're the favorites to win the championship. Kudos to uh, Nick Saban, if you want to go by his one-loss record. Just counting that, he's the best in the business. <laughs> Hey, I'm a man, I'm 40. Mike Gundy turned 50, and he's still a man, and we're all proud of him. His statement 10 years ago was a classic. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! Mike Gundy is 50, he's still a man, and he's still talking as much as he can, and he's got a team that's ranked, and I believe in the top five preseason. That's all I got to say. Makes me want to puke. So happy birthday, Mike Gundy. He's a man. He's 50. Still at Oklahoma State, too, and, and, you know, that rant that he went on, he, he was defending a player he felt was unfairly criticized by a member of the media. I'm a man! I'm 40! Uh, kudos to him for that. You know, media doesn't need to rip college football players. We're speaking with the legend here, Mr. Allen Dell. Speaking of legend status, legend status is when you name your three children Gavin Gundy, Gage Gundy, and Gunner Gundy. Happy birthday, Mr. Gundy. I'm 40! Episode 4 in the books. Look forward to Episode 5 coming soon to a podcast station, Anchor Station near you. We're also on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. How about that? For the mad journalist, Chris Dell. For Mr. Allendale, Family Feud Sports, signing out. Peace. School is out and this is sort of a buzz. But back then I didn't really know what it was. But now I see what happened is the way that people respond to summer madness. The weather is hot and girls are dressing less and checking out the fellas to tell them who's best. Riding around in your Jeep or your Benzos or in your Nissan sitting on Lorenzo's. Back in Philly, we be out in the park. A place called the Plateau is where everybody go. Guys out hunting and girls doing likewise. Honking at the honey in front of you with the light eyes. She turn around to see what you beeping at. It's like the summer's a natural aphrodisiac And with a pen and pad I compose this rhyme To hit you and to get you equipped for the summertime What'd you say? Oh, you're talking to me all wrong. It's, it's the wrong tone. You do it again. I'll stab you in the face with a soldering iron. Is that right? Let me ask you something. Eh? Does your mother sew? Boom! Get her to sew that! <laughs>